This is the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Shelby. I'm a member of the Mayor's Communications Staff, and I'm here with the 50th Mayor of Louisville, Kentucky, Greg Fisher. Mayor. Graham, thanks. Looking forward to this. Sure. This is our first podcast. We're going to be doing this regularly. Sometimes we'll bring people in to do interviews on subjects that matter to the people of Louisville and beyond. And today we wanted to talk about what's happening in Louisville and around the country as a result of what happened over the weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia, at a white nationalist rally that was staged in part to protest the removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee. Violence broke out. Man drove his car into the counter-protesters. One woman was killed. 35 people were injured. Two police officers died in an accident while on duty there. People across the country were horrified by it, including people in Louisville. And on Sunday, you called for the Louisville Commission on Public Art to review the city's catalog of public art. That means the art on display on public property. And you asked them to develop a list of pieces that can be interpreted to be honoring bigotry, racism, slavery. And this is in preparation for a community conversation about their display. Why'd you do that? Well, as a follow-on to what we did almost a year ago when we moved the large Confederate statue that was on the University of Louisville's campus. So fortunately, we've already moved the largest display honoring the Confederacy about a year or so ago. So you remember when we went back about that, we announced in April of 2016 uh, this needs to be moved. When it was put at its location at UofL, it was on the edge of the city. Now, obviously, it's in the middle of the city. It's in the middle of the University of Louisville campus. And people, and I think rightly so, said this is a, uh, honoring the Confederacy and everything that it stood for, uh, which obviously slavery is the original sin of America. Uh, there is no need to glorify or honor that. Other folks said, hey, this is this history. It needs to stay here. In that particular instance, the, the city had the direct authority to move that statue. And I felt like there was no equivocation on the fact that it should be moved. Now, people said, I'm the Taliban. They accused me of that by saying, we need, you're destroying history. I said, we're not destroying history. We're putting it in a different context, and that's where it is right now. Uh, but we can also make statements in today's world about what we believe today and what we think our history is as well. So with that as background, with what happened in Charlottesville, I said it's important if there's any other public art in our city that should be looked at relative to its context in history, particularly as it relates to slavery, any type of hatred, hatred, neo-Nazism, whatever it might be, we should be proactive about that. So the Commission on Public Art is pulling that list together, et cetera, so we can listen to the five community sessions we're going to be having around Louisville to hear what people's thoughts are on this. I've already heard thoughts from both sides, you know, move it, keep it, add context. What I'm hoping for and what I'm excited about is that we as a city have demonstrated time and time again that we're able to have these mature conversations. I've made it a point to lean into these issues around race, around social justice, around creating positions in my office related to equity. We're the first center for health equity in the country. We now have a chief equity officer, et cetera. So we've worked a lot in this space and purposely lean in because these are important conversations to have. The feelings and emotions are there whether you have the conversations or not. Let's use those feelings and emotions so we can broaden everybody's perspectives in the, suit, in the city on all sides of this issue so we can grow stronger together in saying that a more diverse uh, city is better, a city with more equity and access for everybody is a better city. And I think having that conversation through the lens of art will be a way to really help the city. 
it's been a lot of emotion, a lot of talk around one particular statue, the statue of John Breckenridge Castleman in the Highlands. Who was he? Well, I think uh, this is an excellent uh, object to have a discussion around because it represents the ambiguity of the time. For some people, that statue is a beautiful piece of art that's in the Highlands. For others, it represents a day gone by that's filled with the stain of slavery. So Castleman uh, was a person that served in the Confederate Army. Uh, he came home. He was pardoned like all the soldiers were in the Confederate Army. He then served in the United States Army. Uh, he uh, served in the Spanish-American War. He was a parks commissioner here in Louisville. Uh, apparently he had some wealth. He donated some of his land where Tyler Park uh, is now today. Some people said he did that for his own self-benefit. Uh, he's a man that reputedly saw African-Americans uh, playing tennis at Cherokee Park and then said, well, you know, they deserve to have their own park. Uh, so who was this guy? Uh, was he a, a, an interested good citizen or was he a deceitful segregationist? The, the piece of art itself, it's a man on a horse. He doesn't have a Confederate uniform on. He's in civilian clothes. There's a historical marker by it that talks about some of what I just said right here. So, you know, it's not like it's a big statue of Robert E. Lee charging off to, to war. So I think it's an interesting piece that will help us kind of piece through some of the issues associated with this. And, uh, and then if there's others, we'll have discussions around those as well. But it points out to how many points of view there are around art like this. And let's use art to broaden our understanding as a community. You talked about the different sides to the to the issue with this particular statue. The mayor's office has gotten a huge response to our call for public comment on this, and the the two sides basically come out in and say one of the following things. Some folks say, you know, how is it even a question if he was involved with the Confederacy at all? This should come down immediately. How can you be? How can you even pretend to be serious about addressing racism if you're not taking it down right away? What do you say to that? Well, I think anybody, if they're following uh, our administration, they'd see that we were very uh, direct in taking down the statue um, for the Confederacy on the University of Louisville's campus. Uh, so I think we've got a good track record in leaning to is into issues around race and do that on a regular basis. I trust our community to be able to have a conversation that's broad and deep with diverse points of view. Uh, you know, just since Sunday, I've probably had you know, a dozen people on both sides of this issue come up and say, hey, it's really important we keep our statue for these reasons. I've had other people say, you know, it's obvious it needs to come down. Uh, this is not, uh, this is an area where a discussion needs to take place and just sweeping it under the rug is I think also a bad thing. It's not gonna benefit our community. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know and I trust that we can have civil conversations in our community to move forward on things like this. And in so doing, everybody's gonna get wiser as a result of this thing. I, I do agree when folks say we're, it's important that we have to keep our history so we don't repeat it. We have to understand the context of it. And we also have to understand how people change and how where we are today is as well. So uh, I think there's some ambiguity to that with some of these objects we're talking about. There's no ambiguity to a big Confederate statue on the University of Louisville's campus, okay? Uh, on this particular issue, maybe there is. And so let's hear what people have to say about it. 
address you address this a little bit, but address directly the criticism that taking down statues like this, whether it's the Confederate statue or the the Castleman statue, is a whitewashing of history. Well, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, times have changed. Okay, in the late 1800s, for instance, this statue on the University of Louisville's campus, the the Daughters of the Confederacy went all around the country, in erecting those statues. The Civil War took place. Obviously, Abraham Lincoln was a tremendous leader. Uh, slaves were freed, okay? But in the, immediately thereafter, in the, in the southern states, through Reconstruction, uh, the white order attempted to systematically put back in place a system, wasn't called slavery, but for all practical purposes, for our African Americans, it was the same thing. You had to have your papers, you could only work certain jobs, you didn't have rights. And so we've gone through cycles in our country where we've made major advances, uh, like we did with Abraham Lincoln, like we did with the Civil Rights Movement. But then we go back to uh, trying to disenfranchise communities of color. You can see that today in certain parts of our country with voters' rights. You can see that with this outbreak of white nationalism that's taking place right now. You know, this is not the country that we aspire to be. And I want to emphasize those words, aspire to be. Some people say this is not the country we are. That shows a fundamental misunderstanding that there is still racism in our country. There are still institutional barriers to people of color. And that is a, should be a concern for everybody in our country. This is not taking away something from one group and giving it to another group. This is about broadening the opportunities for everybody so that everybody can be better off. And until we get into and understand more of his history, uh, injustice, uh, grievances, and work through these issues, we're not going to be as strong as we can as a country. So when, you, when you're getting back to the question, whitewashing would be just it goes away. The history of the Confederacy is one issue. The driving forces behind it are another issue. The act of slavery, the ability to sell, buy and sell human beings, people want to whitewash over that. And I ask folks that tell me, no, this isn't about slavery, Mayor, this is about the Southern tradition. I ask them, would you be okay if somebody came into your house and took your wife out like immediately, sold her? down the river, took your daughter, sold her down the river, No, all types of unspeakable atrocities would be committed to them. Are you okay with that? And is it okay to put up a statue for those folks? It's obviously not. So the full context needs to be understood. We should not feel like us sitting here today are responsible for what happened in the past. And I see a lot of people uh, get very defensive when I have these conversations with them. But it's our job to look at it in a very clear way and decide how we're going to move forward together as a country where we do want everybody to have equal access and opportunity. So put these objects in the proper historical context with the right explanation so we remember what they are so we don't repeat the mistakes of the past. You said that with the Confederate statue that was near U of L, that was a clear cut case. The Castleman statue is less clear. But if you look at the, you look closely enough at the legacies of a lot of historical figures that we honor with statues, you know, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, they're complicated and they're uncomfortable aspects to a lot of them. I think a lot of people wonder where is the line 
how do you decide who stays and who goes? Yeah, no, I think that's a, a good conversation that again deserves deserves a historical context. George Washington owned slaves. He freed his slaves when he died. Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. He had children uh, with a slave. He did not free his slaves uh, when he died, but he wrote about it being an injustice. So we are certainly an imperfect nation with imperfect people. There is a huge difference, though, when you form a attempt to form a country, the Confederate States of America, to secede and fight for the sin of slavery. That is a clear differentiator between you know, our founding fathers, if you will, and the founding ideals of our country, which they did not practice. It was okay if you were a member of the white race, but not anything, any other race. Uh, so to me, it's a differentiator when you get into a rejection of this notion that we are a country that aspires to be equal and are willing to separate and secede from that and then go to war and fight in a traitorous manner. Right now there's a lot of attention on the Castleman statue. Are there other pieces of public art you think belong in this conversation? Well, that was the whole purpose of me asking the commission to identify the pieces. So uh, certainly the Castleman, people see that on a regular basis. It's in a prominent location. Um, I want to understand what else is out there. And so we can have conversations around those as well. A lot of people are jumping to uh, conclusions too, by the way. We're going to move this, we're going to do that. There's no decisions that have been made. One piece of art I think does uh, does this brilliantly well is the wonderful statue of Abraham Lincoln in Waterfront Park, where you have the Lincoln sitting down, reading a book. Then you, we have the four bas-reliefs next to Lincoln. The, the one closest to him, done by a tremendous, I think the best sculptor in the country, Ed Hamilton, a Louisvillian, you know, shows the slaves that are shackled together with their ancestors, the face of their ancestors, the hands of their ancestors, crying in anguish at the bottom of this bas-relief. And the, and the words of Lincoln on the side in a letter that he wrote to his friend Joshua Speed that said, this image haunts me from my visit to you, where I saw people shackled together like animals being sold said that haunts me to the day, that's what drives me to make this a more perfect union. So while that image is horrific, the ability of art to inform us of that time and place us in that very difficult context is a, a beautiful example of how art can inform us more broadly as a community. There's also a controversy over the weekend involving a Black Lives Matter protest on Broadway. What's your understanding of what happened there? Um, from what I understand, so the good news is we had three gatherings on Sunday, probably close to a thousand people in total, uh, marched peacefully, denouncing uh, the hatred that we saw in Charlottesville. Uh, there was a, a march that Black Lives Matter led on Sunday. It started on uh, around 28th and Broadway, 36th and Broadway, I believe, and then moved down Broadway into downtown and, and out toward uh, the Highlands. Uh, the marchers worked with LMPD uh, for a strategy. Uh, the march went on much longer than it was supposed to, but that's okay. And the, the police kept the marchers in the eastbound uh, lane of Broadway so they could be safe. So they had cars in the front, cars in the back, cars on the side. We're concerned, obviously, about people using cars to hurt people. Uh, we want people to be able to march safely, but we're also vigilant for counter 
march counter-protesters like what you saw in Charlottesville. So great news is, is it was a peaceful march. Uh, the police officers were trying to get the marchers to the sidewalk after some of the marchers started walking in the westbound lane in with incoming traffic. So it wasn't safe for the marchers, it wasn't safe for the motorists. I wasn't there, but this is what I understand took place from talking with folks on all sides. And so the police became uh, more intentional with getting folks onto the sidewalk. Uh, uh, Colonel Greg Burns was walking with the marchers and for seven blocks was trying to ask them to move to the sidewalk. So a maneuver took place to get them to the sidewalks. As part of that maneuver, the police are then trained to get out and form a human barricade. Part of that human barricade was they had sticks, batons, okay? Uh, so the police did as they were trained to do, and the police executed a safe march, so I'm very thankful for that. The image of the police holding those batons uh, has a lot of historical connotation to it, especially in the days of our civil rights uh, uh, difficulties in the 60s. That you can look at that image and say these are police officers doing as what they were trained to do, which is true. You can look at that image and say that harkens back to a very difficult period in our history where you have a major power imbalance between the marchers and the symbols of the establishment, which the police are. And so that becomes then a really emotional situation for a lot of people feeling like uh, this is unjust, uh, they're being treated inappropriately, and uh, has led to a lot of uh, discussion, if you want to put it mildly, in the community on what is the appropriate way to make sure everybody can peacefully march and have their voices heard in the community and being treated in a respectful manner. Uh, so this is a two-way street, right? How do marchers work together with police? How do police work together? And then how can the police be prepared for any contingency at the same time? So, you know, my, my hope is, and I hope it's not too naive, is that people can kind of give each other the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we gathered as a city last Sunday to denounce hatred, to denounce neo-Nazis, to denounce white supremacy, and the day in total went really well. There was this one incident uh, with certainly the images caught that was difficult for everybody. If we can focus on the fact that we were all there to there in common cause with our city values of kindness and compassion, the spirit of Muhammad Ali, then we'd say, you know what, maybe some people made some, if they had it to do over again, maybe they would do it a little bit differently. And say, so let's learn going through this. Uh, that's what I hope can come out of that. But there's no question uh, it was a difficult image uh, for some folks to, to move forward with. So I asked Chief Conrad uh, to take a look at it. Fortunately, LMPD, they said, we understand how this can be uh, interpreted or misinterpreted. So let's take a look at what we did, why we did it. Can we improve with our communication with the marchers? Can the marchers improve their communication with us? But let's learn something through this. That's the most important thing that comes out of this to me. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Well, this is a uh, this is a team sport as a city. You know, we're all interdependent. We're all interconnected in terms of moving our city forward. We're going through unprecedented times, I think, where people are gaining deeper appreciation for different points of view, especially as it relates to issues around uh, race and equity and injustice. 
And so this is a journey for a lot of people. And so when, when anybody ever jumps to an extreme, sometimes it causes the other party to shut down. Now, it's important we continue to have these conversations because you never know when someone is going to be open to seeing a different point of view and broadening their perspective, especially when it comes around issues like equality and equity. So we will continue to have these conversations in the community in the hopes that it makes us stronger as a community, especially stronger as a diverse uh, community. And I just ask everybody to get involved. You know, be the one is what we say. Now is not time to be sitting on the sidelines. But when I say be the one, I mean be the one person to help lift other people up so that they've got a chance to move forward with their life. They might, nobody chooses where they're born. Some people are born into really tough situations. Other people are born into privileged positions. But as we move forward as a city, it's important that we lift each other up. That's our city value of compassion. There's all kind of ways that you can get involved through our Office for Safe and Healthy Neighborhood, through our Summer Works program. You can see the work that we're doing in West Louisville right now with $600 million of investment getting underway. So there's lots of ways for people to help. And I would just ask that people do that in a constructive manner. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Folks can find out how to do that by going to louisvilleky.gov slash be the one. If you'd like to make a comment on public art or any other issue, you can also do that at louisvilleky.gov. We'll be having more of these podcasts in the future, and you can find information on public meetings and other events at louisvilleky.gov. And if you follow the mayor on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, this is the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. Thank you.